Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Right in the fury of Oscar season, we are delivering a big show. Ivana and I compile our top 10 movies of 2018. It's time for a top 10 turf war. It is that time of year again, folks. Jay and I spent the last year and the first few months of this year feverishly watching all the best that 2018 had to offer. And we're here, ready to build the definitive top 10 list of 2018 movies. I'm really excited to do this. How about you, Jay? I am ready for the hate because there is not a, there is one, one Best Picture Award winning film in my top 10. Only one. I'm very curious to see what it is. I'm also very curious to see what made your list. I have some guesses, but let's get to it. Well, let's Jay. start with number 10. Um, my, I'm, we're going to start with me. I like it. All right. So starting with me, my number 10, I, it comes with a caveat because we're not allowed documentaries. This is like only fiction stuff. And I have a documentary in my top 10 legit. So this is actually my number 11 Sliding into the number 10 spot for more than movies. So here's the deal. My number 10 movie is Eighth Grade. Oh, that is a fantastic movie. I'm so happy that it made your list. We're going to talk about it in detail later. Yeah, we should probably jump ahead, right? Yeah, time to jump ahead to my top 10 movie. My number 10, and I'll be honest, I just finished watching it literally a half hour ago. Um, and I'm not sure that it's going to stay here forever, but for now it's here. Roma. I, you know, oh God. All right. Why did it what? even, so I want to, I want to be transparent. If you've been listening to more than movies for a while, you know that I am a sub, uh, like a story over technical achievement any day of the week, which lands for me, Roma at like. Number 40 on my list. Right. So tell me why it's number 10 on yours. I couldn't ignore that level of achievement on like the directing standpoint. The The directing skills associated with this movie, I just couldn't ignore it. You know, when I asked myself, when I put it up against other movies that are lower than it, I had a hard time being like... No, it's not better. At the same time, I completely 100% agree with you because Roma's a little bit, I don't know, cold. I didn't feel really drawn into the stories. And I realized halfway through watching it, it's because so many of the characters didn't feel like humans to me. They were like caricatures of humans or like memories of humans. They weren't real humans. They were like weird memories of of humans that existed in the past and you could totally see that but then on the other hand the technical achievement of the world that he created in the story I couldn't get over that I couldn't get over how like the family drama of the the family that like is actually employing our lead character how that fit into things and how you just kind of saw it happening in the background. Which for for my 
purposes, like just watching the film and understanding this is a personal story for Mr. Caron, um, what you need to understand is that like that's his family is uh like like his family is the people who are being watched over the rich people his family's the rich people and he's one of those i was wondering how he fit into this for the longest time i didn't even look at like spoilers or read anything ahead but you know his mom was like a biochemist and his dad was like a nuclear physicist or whatever like they were very smart people and uh i i'm a i'm guessing that lebo lebo i think it was at the end of the film yeah is it him is no i think that's for his his nanny or housemaid like i think that's oh, I who this story was for because it really is her story uh you know like not really the rich people's story as much as her story but then again what was funny to me is they seemed more like humans and she seemed like a picture. Right. Because obviously he never really like knew her as a person. Yeah, exactly. He knew her as the person who took action. Yeah. It, right. Totally. So the whole way through, I thought like the baby that was going to be born was Alfonso. Me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. I was because I didn't know anything about him, but I knew it was a personal story, but I didn't know anything else. And then when the baby, spoiler alert, uh, is a stillborn, I was like, that's not him. That can't how be does, him. Who is he? Like, how does he get involved in this story? Right. So he's I, I'm guessing he is Paco. Yeah, that makes sense. Because the youngest Paco of the needs, boys, right? He needs the most love and attention and, you know, the laying down and like, I'm dead too. And are you now a mute? And I'm guessing he's Paco. Yeah. But I guess it could be anyone because the point of the film is like, there are these people who come into your life and they make a difference in your life. But you sometimes miss them. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very lovely film. I found it a little bit difficult to watch. You can't ignore that. So you can't it's ignore it. This 10. is it's like this is like my Dunkirk of this year. Like I did not enjoy the story of Dunkirk because I felt like the story was disjointed and the storytelling didn't need to be that way. But like, let's face it, technically achieved, very totally. Technically. And, and that's and this, this movie is too. Roma as well. It's this incredible cinematography. Like when I heard that they might think of taking cinematography out, I'm like, then how the hell do you have Roma without cinematography? Like, I believe Roma will win for lighting and setting up shots it better. more than anything else that is nominated. Yeah, I agree with that completely. You know what? Just after this conversation, I'm moving it up to like number. 25 yeah like top 25 you can't ignore it but at the same time there's so many flaws like i i found it hard to watch i didn't feel like i was watching humans i really didn't like the singing at the fires what was that it's strange that this is the director of gravity which is this i never watched gravity but but gravity is this movie that is so fast paced and tense that you can just sit there and like oh my god what's gonna happen next but then you get this very small story that spans a you know, at least nine months, and yeah. it, it's and it's beautiful, 
I just, I just, I just like so many other stories more. No, I, you know what? I just, I get it. I get it. But for right now, th- that that's where this is. It's number 10. That's all pretty right, much let's all move I have on. To- Let's move let's, on. Let's hope, let's hope I can talk about my number nine on my list right now. Uh, so my number nine is to all the boys I've loved before. Yes. I'm so happy we're talking about this movie. It's not on my number 10. I fucking love this movie. It makes me so happy. So this is Tell the me about it. second Netflix entry, I guess, on my list. Um, to all the bo- – well – I mean, or I guess it's the second entry, sorry, that we, we watched from Netflix on my list, I should say, because Roma Fair. is the Netflix entry. Um, but to all the boys I've loved before, one, let's talk about this year was 100% the year of representation. We have Crazy Rich Asians. We have Black Panther. Um, and we get this small, really cool story about this Asian student who is a little bit introverted and she writes these love letters to herself from like to the guy she liked at the time. And then she goes back to remember that passion that she had. What a great thing to remember. Yeah. And then these get, they get mailed out. That's the story. That's the premise of the story. And I thought brilliant, like such a small, unique premise. First of all, we've all written love letters before. Then to realize it's like actually a film about the guy you don't want becoming the guy you do want. And as you know, the teen movie genre is something that like I am very, very into. It's so good. But I loved the family in this film. I loved... The love, the chemistry is off the charts for a teen uh, movie. Noah Centrino, I think that's how you say his name, is like, I've never, I haven't seen a teen heartthrob in like, what, 20 years, I feel like? Like, has there really sure. been a, a real one? And he's like, legitimately a nice guy. Shortly after this movie came out, there was this thing on BuzzFeed where he just showed up during the wildfires to like help out with like young kids. He's just like a, a good human off screen and on screen. This is amazing. Uh, and I watched this earlier in the year and I'm not sure how it, how it stuck, but it something in it, like put a pin in me. And whenever I saw another movie, I was like, no, like that's, that deserves that spot. It does. Yeah, the so, movie is, is pretty high on my list. It didn't make the top 10, but it's definitely up there. Like, I'm staring at it, not that far below. <laughs> um, and I really, really love Lana Condor, who is the, is the lead. I just saw Alita Battle Angel last night. She's in it for like a split second. And I'm like, hey, you're Lana Condor. And I remember you mm-hmm. uh, from all the boys I've loved before. And um, there was talk, I guess, that this is a book trilogy and there might be more. I don't think you need it. I love the way it was and how it was ended. and um, But I do want to see more from Lana Condor. So, you know, bring more because she is fantastic. All right. What's your number nine? My number nine is A Quiet Place. My number eight is A Quiet Place. So we can talk about A Quiet Place. It's such a good movie. Did you get to see it in theaters? I did. I saw it in theaters. What a different experience in theaters. 
I have only seen it in theaters, but this is a movie you need to watch in theaters because it's the sound design. You need that like all encompassing surround sound. You just need to hear like nature and that's all you're hearing. And you're like, oh, my God, what is happening in this house? It Um, was such a tense, tense thrill ride. And with so much honest to goodness emotions, I was like in from beginning to end. I love John Krasinski in this film. I think what a great little script to pick up and direct for his first debut. I I am now expecting so much more from this guy. I I loved that it was Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. I thought they just did so good. The kids were so good. The story was a small family-centered story, but the stakes were so high. Oh, my God. The stakes are so high, and anytime there's a tense moment or you hear anything above, like, this decibel, it it is a shocking thing to hear, and you don't want... You don't want it. You're like, no, no. And the birth, the birth scene. You know, this movie gets a lot of flack for, out of all the things you could do, bring a crying baby in the world, but you know what? Shit happens. And either way, it works. The story just works. It doesn't matter how they got there. Absolutely. So that was my number my number eight and your number nine. So what's your number eight? My number eight is another Oscar Best Picture nominee. Do you want to guess which one? I don't. I, I, I don't want to show my hand by guessing. So go ahead. The Favorite. Oh, yeah. Okay. We can talk about The Favorite. Now, let's not do a whole deep dive because if you haven't seen The Favorite, we both really enjoyed it. And you can listen to our past episode uh, where we go into great detail about that film. But yeah, I'm glad The Favorite made the list. The Favorite is such a good movie. Uh, I love those freaking fisheye lens shots. And, you know, I still think about it. I think about it more and more as time goes by. Um, I was talking about it with a friend and he described it. He's like, it's Mean Girls, but, you know, in the 17th century or whenever it was set. And I was like, Absolutely. shit, you're right. This is like a petty high school drama um, and it works well and I love it. The favorite is excellent. It The only reason it's not for me, it is number uh, 14, and it's because the story, after we talked about it, I haven't really thought about it since. Um, I did like a re-eval of my list before we, we recorded, and I was kind of like, you know what? Yeah, it belongs at 14, so that's why it stayed there. So, Jay, what is your number seven? All right, so my number seven, it kind of touched on what you just said, which... You know, it's a movie that you kept coming back to. And for whatever reason, it kept coming back to you. And for me, that is Mission Impossible Fallout. You know, that did. It's one of the ones I didn't get around to watching, but it is on my short list. I have like maybe like six or seven that I didn't get to watch that I wanted to. This is not the story of the year. This is all about. Oh, God, these stunts. My God, the stunts in this movie are amazing. And like Tom Cruise learned to fly a helicopter and film the scene at the same time as he flew a helicopter because nobody else could get in that helicopter. Like that is insane to me. 
Like, I don't even know how you would direct that scene of your main star flying a helicopter through the Rocky Mountains while filming that scene. Like, I guess there's an earpiece and you're like, no, no, no. I can see what you're doing. I need you to turn. Yeah, but I'm going to hit this mountain. Turn the camera. Like, I don't know what that looks like, but it's (laughs) so fun to watch. Um, This is also one of the first Mission Impossibles that kind of connects to another Mission Impossible. Yeah. And I didn't not like that. I liked that a lot, actually. It There was an emotional connection to that point in the film that I did not expect. Really? But ultimately, this movie, I go back to it with loud volume and big screens because of all the action that works so damn well throughout the film. That's That's it. It is the best action shot film with practical effects of the air. You know, I would like to see George Miller and Tom Cruise make a practical effects stunt driven movie. I think that would be amazing. Yes, that would be really cool. That would That's what I want to see. So Hollywood, make that happen. Now, what is your number seven? You're going to laugh, but I love this movie. Tag. Oh, my God. I love Tag as well. I'm, okay, so Tag is number 26, right behind right. Roma. <laughs> For me, actually. That's fair. Um, That's fair. But I love Tag. It's such a fun movie. The only reason it's not higher for me is like, it's got a great message. I love the being young thing. Start growing old when you stop playing idea. I just thought some of the things got a little ridiculous. I liked that about it because the way that they went like full action movie in some of the tag sequences, I think made it more stylized. And that's what actually put the movie in my top 10. It's not just a comedy because they took this element of like what crazy tag ideas and then elevated them even beyond what is reasonable in humanity and what's cool is that a lot of the actual scenarios while they maybe didn't play out in such a hollywood-esque manner they're actually based on real tags that have happened to this group of friends i know i love that i love that it's based on a real story And it's so fun. And I think all of the characters are really well cast, except for maybe Ed Helms. I know you identify way too much with Isla Fisher's character. Uh, Yeah, well, I feel like within like my group of friends from university, that's like the role that I play. (laughs) But (laughs) it's more just that I think I, I just don't think that Ed Helms is the character that... Like, I don't think he's how would I would have pictured the kid. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with that. It's it's that I don't picture him as that character. Right. But you know who was perfect was Jeremy Renner. Like, this is the the role he was born to play. <laughs> oh, Jeremy Renner was perfect. Why is he not in more comedies? I guess... Before this, no one ever gave him the chance. Jake Johnson, also perfect. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about a Jake Johnson film shortly. Oh, we you will. You know who I would put instead of Ed Helms? The I audience would put, likes what I'm foreshadowing. They know, and they like it. I would put uh, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen would have been better in that part. 
All right, number t- like tag. That's a great. Uh, I'm glad it's on somebody's top ten list. I like. It was there for a while for me because I really like this movie. Um, but my number. What are we on six? Yeah. Wow. Okay. My number six, as I said earlier, it would have been a documentary. It would have been the Bill Murray stories. Uh, Life lessons learned from a mythical man, but it's not. It's going to be searching with John Cho. You know what? I'm so glad it made it on your list because I want to talk about this movie. So it didn't make your list. It didn't make my list. I feel like this is this year's Adam McKay big short for editing. Really? Like, remember how much we love the editing style of the big short? Yeah. Well, this editing style is all done in like your screen. And I don't know how they came up with the idea of being able to consistently build story tension off of video cameras. And like, it was, it's almost like a found footage, but told through the eyes of a computer. I've seen a number of movies and television shows that have done that sort of concept through the eyes of the computer. And this is the best that I've seen up until now. Absolutely. This, however, is a feature-length film and basically scared the crap out of me about what I have on my computer and how much you can find about a person through knowing their login. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um. I and and you're right like the editing was clever and the story tension was built. You are so invested in what happened to this guy's daughter. Oh, uh-huh. and he's so good in his search and he's it feels excellent. very real. Um for me it just the reason why it would it didn't quite make it is the ending. Um when we get into when he suspects his brother and then like puts in those cameras. That, that just a, seemed That's a hard scene to watch super hard to scene to watch and from a story perspective i was very interested but then i was somehow taken out of it a bit because of the effort and the like concept of putting those cameras up so if you haven't seen searching i totally recommend you have to see like it's a great saturday afternoon watch if you can't go outside for some reason it's a great thing to put on so it's number six on this list What is your number six? My number six, I wonder if it made it onto yours at all. I have a feeling maybe not. Um, I saw it in January last year, or I lied. I saw it in March last year. Love, Hmm. Simon. Yeah, okay. We're going to talk about that later. Oh, yay. Okay, great. Uh, Then what is your number five? All right. My number five is a shock, and it will be a shock to anybody listening to this podcast because... My number five is a Transformers movie, and it is called Bumblebee. Oh, yes. You mentioned this a few times to me. I don't know what happened. So it's the director of Kubo and the Two Strings and Paranorman, the Box Trolls. This guy's only ever done animation. And for the first time really in a Transformers movie that is not helmed by Michael Bay, we get to see what the Transformers are doing when they fight. What are they doing when they fight? Well, they are like grappling or throwing people over their shoulder or they're actually punching and having like an actual fight. But the more important part about Bumblebee is this is a this is basically E.T. This is a girl in the 80s finds a car 
who turns out to be her new best friend. And I freaking loved this film. I loved Haley Seinfeld. Steinfeld? Yep. In the lead role. And I don't always love her. I thought the animation on Bumblebee was beautiful. He had, without being able to speak, some of the greatest, like, this is such a strange thing to say, lines in the movie just by facial animations or throwing in pop songs from his radio boombox, right? And I I can't say this enough. If you are tired of the Michael Bay stuff like I am, try Bumblebee. I Like, honestly, I wasn't even going to watch this movie. And I saw it in like a triple run. I was like, ah, I'll stick around for Bumblebee. And it was one of my favorite movies that I saw that day. My number four is the other movie I saw at that time. But it was so good that I'm like, I'm, I have it at number five on a top 10 list of the entire year. Like, you know me, guys. That's crazy. I have heard good things. I just also don't care about, like, Michael Bay ruined the Transformers. I'm never going to watch this. Like, it's Travis not going to happen. saves the Transformers. If all the standalones after this are like this, I am on board 100%. 100%. I haven't seen a Transformers movie since the second one. I was out after the first. is amazing. I, I've heard good things. I think if people are interested in this type of movie, they should watch it. What is your number five? My number five is American Animals. I just want to stop you for a second. You are right. But if you go to my letterbox, you will see that the missing notables from my whole list are American Animals, Leave No Trace, and The Ballad of Buster Scrubs. Those are the only three that I thought I needed to see that I just had not got to. I think I think this movie's probably pretty amazing. This movie, I don't understand why it's not nominated for an Oscar. First of all, I just want to say that 2018 is the year of the docudrama, like the year where docudrama became a legitimate art form, and and it did so with this movie. Um, so, and and I and I guess it breaks barriers, but because it is a, like a properly written movie, um, with high production value and really talented actors. Um, I think it counts in the category, but it breaks it about as far as we would ever go because it's a docudrama. So the actual real, like people behind the true event are interviewed in the film. But then while while the film is going on. Yeah. Like it's like, like a docu, like kind of like documentary styles in the sense that they're interviewed and they tell their story, their real story. But and then, then you it go jumps back. back to the actors doing like the reenactment. Exactly. But the reenactment isn't a reenactment. It's a proper Hollywood film. It blows my mind. Yeah. You're kind of shattering my mind too. And, and the fact is like the people they cast Evan Peters He's from American Horror Story, and he's one of, I think, the best actors, like, in his generation. And I don't understand why it's so overlooked, because it is so good. 
Do you think they maybe just can't categorize it? Maybe they're thinking this should be in documentary, but it's not a documentary. Maybe it should be like, what do you think the, like they can't figure out a way to categorize maybe, or the Academy sucks and they just pick bad movies. I think that it's that this movie didn't have the budget to pay off the Academy people and do like an Academy marketing run. So if people didn't hear about it on their own, there was no additional money to spend marketing the movie. This is the problem with the Academy, right? Exactly. All right. Well, you have given me way more than just watch American Animals now. Like now I'm like, why did I not watch this? This sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> and you you really only gave me, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. I'm just, just watch American Animals. And I like, yeah, it's on my list. Like, but yeah. then nobody <laughs> talked about it. So I was like, ah, you know what? I just need to get the best pictures in and a couple of them, the ones I want to get in. <laughs> Like sometimes you just get under the gun. You know what I mean? Like Oscars come fast and furious and all of the like movies you have to watch all come out towards the end of the year. And it's a big fever pitch. There's a lot of movies that you got to get through before Oscar weekend. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But one movie that is up for best picture, but not in best picture, best animated picture hits me at my number four spot. And it's going to win, and that is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That is one of the movies that, like, I really wanted to watch before we did this episode, but I couldn't get it in with the filming of the movie. Listen, I I understand, but you have not seen an animated movie like this. That's what I keep hearing. I keep hearing that there's nothing like it. It's like when Toy Story came out and people were like, you've never seen anything like this. Now animation has gone one step further to go, hey, you never saw something like this. And it blows me away to say that. It makes me really excited because I truly love superheroes. And when I got superheroed out with the whole big superhero movie bullshit that's happening right now, and I feel like I'm just watching the same movie over and over Hearing this about this movie makes me excited for superhero genre again, and I can't wait. One of the most interesting things about this movie is that it's one movie that has somehow built out a way to make its own universe in one movie. So there's no like in the sequel or this or that. It's one movie and they bring in the universe and it's great. That's so cool. I don't even understand what that means, but I'm like you intrigued. Will, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> In one movie, they built their own MCU called the Spider-Verse, and it's excellent. But if you are concerned about your ballot, Spider-Verse, do not be concerned. It is taking home that coveted best picture, best animated picture, at least. And that's <laughs> the only other, like, there's one more Oscar nominee on my list, but we'll wait. We'll wait. What is your number four? My number four, I don't think it's on your list. I I think you liked it, though. Vice. I did like Vice. Yeah, it was so good, huh? Yeah, it's like number... I'm just scrolling right now. It's number 20 on my overall year. It's a great movie. It surprised me. I didn't want to see it, if I'm honest with you. And maybe that's why it's as high as it is. I was like... Yeah, I like the director, but I don't want to watch a movie about Dick Cheney. And then it got me. It fucking got me. 
Dick Cheney is so interesting, and the movie was really fun to watch. Um, I really enjoyed the performances, but I couldn't tell it like how much of them were just like masks and prosthetics, and how much of them were real. That's a good point. It's interesting because The Big Short was not a movie that I particularly thought was as effective as a lot of other people felt. Uh, I still had a bajillion questions that I felt were not answered in that film. And this movie, I think, is better. I think it does a really great job of showing us that, like, if you're really ambitious, you should be going for power instead of money because that is more important. Yes. And, and and what you can do with that power will shock the universe. And and obviously those underlying effects that Cheney made have stemmed into our current day. Yeah, he really affected history. And I like that this movie shows that the people that were drawn to or pointed to maybe are not actually shaping history in the history of this world. And it's a fascinating concept. And I agree, this movie is better. I think that he, as a director, Adam McKay, is only getting stronger and only realizing more what stories he wants to tell and how he can tell it. And frankly, and now he's finding the actors who can portray the people better who, who he wants to talk about. Totally. And, and I think that the other thing is, he, I love that he's funny. I love that he finds humor in this stuff. It's a lot easier to learn about you history when you don't feel like you're getting a history lesson. Like, I enjoy, the you know, those HBO movies that they make that, like, explain modern history. They had one about Brexit. They had one about uh, the housing crisis. Yeah. Those are good movies. They get amazing, talented actors. They are well-written. But they also, while you watch them, feel like you're watching a high-end production of a movie that a teacher would show you in a classroom. I'm with you. But this movie, this movie is the same kind of information, but he actually makes it entertaining and funny and enjoyable to watch. So and he puts a credits roll in the f- middle of the film. Yeah, exactly. Which, exactly. honestly, I laughed out loud so hard at that moment. I was like, yeah, this is great. This is fun. What he created with this movie is really interesting. Love him. Love this movie. What is your number three? Oh, I my promise gosh. I will not talk about it too much. I promise you. How I, did we I, get to number three already? I know. I, I promise I won't talk about it too much. I promise. Okay. What is it? What is it? All right. So my number three of the year is Paddington 2. I feel like we've talked about it to death on this podcast. Have we talked about it on the podcast? I mean, you've talked about how great it is a lot, almost every week. Oh, yeah. Like we did a finale where I talked about Paddington 2 for like 10 solid minutes and what it means for like the country. But (laughs) we haven't (laughs) talked about it since I've seen it. Whoa. I yeah. did not expect you to say you saw Paddington 2. I promised you I would watch it before the end of the year. And? It was it was good. It was good. Like, it, it's Brendan, a solid, good movie. Brendan Gleeson in pink pajamas making marmalade is delightful. 
Who's Brendan Gleeson? Is he the guy He's in the, the jail? He's the Knuckles guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cute. It was cute. The movie was cute and enjoyable and lovely and optimistic and beautiful. Well shot. And the idea that one person can really make a difference wherever that one person is or wherever that one person is not. Yeah, I. it's a good lesson for kids to learn. Yeah. I think it's a good lesson for the world. And we need a little bit of optimism in this world. Yeah, I. you know what? The movie is great. It's like, but it's like, I don't know. It's a kid's movie. Ah. And, and it was... <laughs> It's a kid's movie. I, I just can't get that excited, but it it's lovely. If you have children, you should be watching it with he- with them. It is, it's a family film that we don't get those kind of family films anymore. Like when you're watching Paddington 2, you start to remember like, hey, we've had Shrek for a long time or, you know, Toy Story 2 where they're like really catering outside of the genre. And I feel like like there are certain movies that are genuinely family movies that everyone can love that don't have to have fart jokes and you know like the sidebar sexual innuendos for the parents to get but nobody else gets like it's it's like a wholesome interesting family film i the where i disagree with you is the interesting part <laughs> like okay. All right. Well, what's so, your number three? Let's just move aside and talk about your number three. All right. All right. My number three is also a Best Picture nominee, and I really love this movie, Black Klansman. Yeah, we can talk about that later. Oh, very exciting. Okay, all what's right. your number let's three? Let's talk about Love, Simon at my number two spot. Love, Simon, your number two. Do you know how long of the year it was in my number two spot? I loved this movie. I, so when I saw this film and it affected me deeply. It affected me deeply. Very emotional when I watched it. Me too. Um, I went, I, I walked away and the next night sat down and watched it a second time. Wow. Oh yeah. You didn't see it in theaters. No, no, no. I bought it. On like I bought it before I saw it because I thought, ah, you know, it's 1999 right now. I would have paid that if I saw it in theaters, so I'll pay it now. I watched it at home. Cried next night, watched it again. I don't think I I stopped talking about this movie for like two weeks. And I knew I couldn't talk about it with you because I knew we were going to do this top 10. And I didn't want to show my hand that this was so high up my list. I I think I tried to not talk about it too much with you, but then I did talk about it when I saw it, but that was like back in March when it came out. The movie, it just, I don't know, it hit me in my heart. Like, in some ways, the movie is very privileged, and but I think it shows, that's the beauty of it, is Nick Robinson playing a guy who has a really good life, and is surrounded by people who are going to accept him and is going to school at a time when if he came out to his friends, they would say, cool, I still love you. And, and your parents it's would still hard. It's still yes. way too hard. His parents were lovely and accepting and. And even still, 
it was hard for him to tell his dad because his dad knew sort of only one way. He only knew that like joking and, oh, my my boy and the girls and, oh, you got a girlfriend. Like, and it was still so hard for him. To, that moment where he does and he has that conversation with his dad and it's so lovely. Like it's like I'm choking up just thinking about that damn film. Um, that made me cry when his dad like goes back to him later to to sort of like apologize for taking the news the wrong way the first time. Ugh. Right. Right. Like for not knowing how to react to to that thing he thought he wouldn't have to react to. And I'm, I mean, like also the horribleness of that guy who's like, yeah, so you're gay. I'm going to hold this over your head and you got to. Oh, I hated that. I was like, I, I can't believe that that's a thing that is happening in this film. I was so pissed. But at the same time, he also didn't seem like a horrible human. He was doing a horrible thing, but you also felt sorry for him because of who he was. And that made it really awful and confusing because you're like, you're being a real bad person in what you're doing but you're doing it because you feel desperate and alone and sad and it's hard not to feel bad for you for that and when he's outed you realize he owns this this is not something he's hiding from it's something that he just wasn't ready to say in fucking high school yeah and and he should be able to say it when he wants to say it and this is awful that you would get pushed out and like right the first blockbuster film with a gay man i mean nick robinson's not gay but with a gay character at the front who is happy he's gay it's a mainstream film i think it was one of the most important damn movies of the year me too me too what is your number two my number two is also one that i think is one of the most important movies of the year and that is eighth grade. Oh, wow. We, we came a long way since my number 10 for eighth grade. This is a monster of a debut. Not just for Bo, not just for Bo Burnham, but for this actress in Elsie Fitch. She is so real, so raw, just amazing. She, I, and, and because she's so young... Even though she obviously has that talent in her, I really think that it's her relationship with Bo Burnham that like helped to make this such a key performance of 2018. Um, all you see are pictures of the two of them talking and sitting and like working on the craft of telling this story, which is her, her story. Not just her story. It's everybody's story. That's because the thing. Everybody in eighth grade feels nervous. Didn't you feel like that? I was like, you're I'm I'm watching my eighth grade. This is how shitty eighth grade is. Eighth grade is so hard. I wanna I wanna tell you, I wanna tell you. There was an interview with Alfonso Caron of Roma, and they asked, When was the last time you cried in a movie? And he said eighth grade. And the guy thought, Whoa, you haven't cried since eighth grade? And he's like, <laughs> No, 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 no. The film eighth grade. And I thought it was so cute because I was like Thank you. Yes. Eighth grade <laughs> was like, I was crying in eighth grade. Oh gosh. I'm like tearing up right now. That scene with the dad and her at the fire. Oh, kills my heart. Kills my heart. 
so for most of that movie, I was like, why isn't he correcting this behavior? Like, I mean, I know she's not an animal or anything, but he, she's being a shithead to him. Like, get angry yeah, she's, or something. She's 13. What? That's, but yes, that's how. Yes. She's <laughs> like... 13. And he's just trying to make her know that she is okay to be this way because this dad remembers. But you don't know that until the end of the film when they're at that campfire. Because the whole way through, I'm like, you need to, like, raise your voice or something. Like, this is some bullshit. And then at the end of the film, he's like, I just, I wish you could see you the way I see you. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is amazing. Like, God, it's so good. It's so good. But I don't know. I saw it. I saw that in his performance from moment one. I never asked that question. And maybe that's the difference of, like, why it's in your number 10 versus my number two. But, like, I saw that in his performance all the way through. I immediately was transported back to my eighth grade self watching this movie. I can't even imagine what that's like, but I'm watching you cry right now. So it must not have been the greatest eighth grade experience. I had a difficult eighth grade, but it was so, like, I don't know. I loved it. I love this movie. I loved the scene with the, with the the banana and she's like, you know, exploring her own like what is sexuality, let alone her own, just what is sexuality and how does it fit into the human existence and she's exploring it and then her dad interrupts and she just gets angry at him and throws that banana. I feel like who hasn't had that moment? Not to mention this this world that I feel like only Bo Burnham with his background could create as as a YouTube creator. Totally. Um, it's it's so interesting watching her shine on those YouTube videos that she's making. I know. While you knowing they're wrong. Like, like, not that they're wrong to make those videos. It's nice to put that stuff out in the world. But the that she doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't experience what she's actually saying. And it's kind of like Clueless. Like, Clueless did that too. Clueless played with that same idea that you are innocent and you pretend you know more than you do. But this movie did it in like a heart. A, a way that's like inside your heart and clueless was a lot bigger. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we didn't grow up in the world that the kid today at 13 is growing up in with the amount of social media and sitting in front of Instagram and liking people. And you didn't, you didn't comment back to me and that hurt my feelings or I send you nice comments. And why aren't you sending me comments? And I mean, it really felt hard and it was hard for us. It, it, I mean, you're still crying, Ivana, so I'm assuming it was quite hard for you. I'm not still crying. What are you talking? I can see your face. I've All just right. recently stopped. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry. I don't mean to put you on the spot here. I'm just saying that, you know, we it was hard for us all. I you know what? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because like eighth grade had a lot of computer time for me like no I didn't have a cell phone and I didn't there was an Instagram but like and I don't think that that's as important um I think 
sure, it shows the exact way in which eighth grade right now might feel. But these feelings and the time and what you went through and is universal. And I don't think it matters what time it's in. It just shows this time. I completely agree with what you're saying. I'm also saying that it feels like there's an added layer that I didn't experience. I guess I did. The cool kids at school couldn't get me at home. Oh, I disagree with that. I didn't look into their lives. I didn't look into their lives when I was at home. I couldn't follow what they were doing. I, you know, when I was nervous, I wasn't nervous at home because it didn't follow me back there. And, Mm. and, and for this eighth grader in this world, it's everywhere always because it's in your pocket and, and scrolling through your Instagram or, you know, jumping on YouTube and only getting 200 likes or whatever affects you always not in your safe space. I guess I, I identified more with not having the space, safe space, even at home more than I think. Right. Right. I, I definitely had a, my safe space was at home with movies and not with, I always, anytime I was with friends, I was always nervous. Always. Like, even if they were my best friends, I was always very nervous and sweaty. Yeah. Like eighth grade is the worst for that. Seventh and eighth grade. You're just so nervous of all moments. And I went to the movies on a Friday night. I've told this story before. Want to see Billy Madison and some like high school kid threw an apple at my head. And like, I went into my shell for like a year and a half. I didn't go to the movies for a year. I was so afraid. Wow. Yeah. So there are moments where I'm watching this movie, just seeing that scared version of me, but then adding this layer of lady, like she's a girl to it. That's seen in the back seat of the car. Yeah. That boy. Yeah. That would never happen to me at, at 13 because I was a boy and girls are likely not doing that. I mean, equality and everything, but at when I was growing up, girls weren't doing that to me at least. So when I saw what was happening, I was like, I know what the hell that guy's doing. I think that's maybe just also just the reality of the experience of being a female and not because of female or male per se, but because social norms teach guys to do that and teach girls how to behave in response to it. Not to mention like her crush who is an, absolute dickhead yeah but when you're when you're that young that's who you crush on like that you always pick the dickhead at first well no no no. i know but you're watching a movie and you're like that guy's awful he's the worst you don't realize that that guy's awful in the moment you don't realize that at all because it's like yeah yeah that's the guy well it's just Um, he's popular right so that has a big part of it but like his line about do you do blowjobs? He probably doesn't even know like what that. a blowjob is. Exactly. I mean, he's probably seen it in porn because, you know, let's be honest. That's they a bit. That's a difference yeah. is like the How level and amount and ease of online porn. Like, because when I was in eighth grade, internet was slower and you weren't watching like you porn. 
I do recall when I was in the eighth grade trying to download a photo of Tiffany Amber Thiessen, and she was in this like this nice nighty thingy, but it was like see through to her yeah. breasts. But you had to wait a solid minute for that to, image to load on your computer. Yeah. So it, it would like pixelate in, just like. You're like, yeah, that's how long it took to get something yeah. like that. And I may be even screwing up the timeline. I might have been 15 at that time. But I know from like 13 to at least 15, I always felt nervous. I never felt myself. Yeah. It was yeah. a very hard time. It is. It's a really I, hard time. Man, it's just, it's a great film. It's a really, really great film. It really is. If you had a 13-year-old daughter, would you watch this movie with her? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. It's time. Number one. number one. What is your number one movie of 2018? Well, if you've been following along, you know it's Black Klansman. Woo! That's so good. <laughs> I'm so, I love that movie. <laughs> I the, when I saw Black Klansman for the first time, I realized it was my number one movie and it wasn't coming off the list. Like, yeah, well, I it mean, just I, was I, not it wasn't my number move. one. I saw eighth grade before and I was like, oh, man, which one? I was like, where do they stand? How do they fight one another? Which one's better? This is why I want Spike Lee to win best director this year. I understand he's probably going to lose best picture to Green Book or. God forbid, Bohemian Rhapsody, which, oh, by the God. way, I would like to point out that neither Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody have found their way onto this list. Like, nope, me neither. Yeah, obviously. Well, I guess are, not, obviously. Look, look, Green Book is fine, but it's, it's not, fine. It's not the best picture of the year. And it, fuck you, Bohemian Rhapsody, for any, like, I love the people I love, but this is not the best movie of the year. I t- completely even, agree. It's not even close. It's not. It's so paint by the numbers. It's so obviously like influenced by the remaining members of the band. Um, and I mean, fuck Brian Singer. Totally. Uh, totally. And then, then Green Book. Green Book is, again, paint by the numbers. It's a fun story. It's a lovely movie. It's clearly Oscar bait. It but is it's mis- certainly- driving Mrs. Daisy with two guys and the white guys driving. And and the it's just this this show, this like Black Klansman is better. Better than both those movies by yeah. so much. Sorry, jumping Black in Klansman. again to why Spike oh. Lee deserves to win director. Yeah. It's not even that his craft has developed over the years. It's not even that the Academy has not recognized this guy. It is because you're watching this film and you feel like, wow, this is like a Wes Anderson film. And then the style choices change. And they change about five times throughout this movie. And each particular section changes again and again and again. And it elevates itself to this level of like, what the hell kind of filmmaker is this guy? Yeah. To the end where it's almost a black exploitation film. And then it becomes a flat out documentary. Like it's it's bananas how many different style choices Spike Lee uses to tell this story that is a story that needs to be told and is so effective. The scene with Birth of the Nation should be required viewing 
in every high school as to why this is wrong. Right. The movie was so entertaining, powerful. I cried at the end when it became a documentary. It was impossible not to. Impossible. Every shift in style followed because there was a story shift that allowed the style shift to elevate the story further. The acting was superb. I had fun. I had fun watching it the whole time. It's a fun movie. It is not a, like you said, a history kind of movie where you're like, beat by beat, this is history. They're, the music choices are outstanding. I Yeah, like, I love the relationship um, between the protester girl and our lead. Which is also this interesting level that, that plays with 2018 politics as well, is that this is a black man who is the very first Colorado State police officer in the 70s. And she talks about how the police beat on black people. Yeah. And how he wants to change that. And how do you change it without being within the system? He's so very different, different film. So lovable. Um, Like I loved his performance, uh, John David Washington. And I also really loved, I think that's who it Ron's. Yeah. Ron Stallsworth. Um, Denzel's child. That's Denzel's child. Yes. What? No. Are you kidding me? Holy fucking shit. He's so much better than his dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, no offense to Denzel Washington. I mean, I know... who made the better movie in 2018? The Equalizer 2 or Black Klansman? Like, he's so good. I love his voice. I love his face. I love his body language. He's... I I get it. People love Denzel Washington, but to me, he's like Denzel Washington is not surprising. And, and if you're wondering, like, is. what is this movie that Ivana and Jay are actually talking about? I haven't actually heard about it. Well, it came out in the summer and it's about a black police officer trying to take over a portion of the, the KKK by enrolling. So they have to find a white equivalent to him. To be him in person, but he's still the one on the phone calls back and forth to the clan. And and it's, it's based on a true a story. Bananas, bananas, true story. Right. And and they actually like took down key members of the clan because of his infiltration. It's also a great reminder that not all freaking terrorism comes from the Middle East. This yeah. is homegrown terrorists. Totally. Don't and oh, and Adam Driver also amazing in it. He, I think my favorite one of my favorite scenes was when they're both in the locker room and John David Washington turns to Adam Driver and is like, "Why aren't you more upset about this? You're Jewish. Like they hate you too." <laughs> like it was just a very funny cute moment to me um between the two of them. Absolutely. I could talk about this movie for hours, but you have a number one pick to throw out there and we're going long as it is. As always with our top 10 of the year. Okay. My number one. Sorry to bother you. Yeah. Did you expect it? I was shocked. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't know where it was going to fall. I didn't know when it was going to come up. Um, Okay. This movie is bonkers. Please tell me about it. Um. 
for anyone who hasn't seen it, it is written and directed by a former or maybe even current rapper, Boots Riley. This is his feature film directorial debut. And man, do I love this movie. The story is about this guy who's really down on his luck. We are living in a hyper-capitalist world, almost like the future of where we could go from where we are today, where there really isn't a middle class anymore, and this guy is struggling, and then he gets a job at a call center, and he gets a tip from another um, worker. He's a black guy. Uh, You got to put your white man voice on, and his white man voice is David Cross, and he becomes this really good salesman using his white man voice to portray what we all see as the white man, which is this like carefree entitled, but not necessarily in a bad way. Just like the, the product of a a life where you didn't have to worry where your next meal is coming from the product of a life who doesn't have to worry how people see that person the next day when they wake up in the morning. Oh, and they take it far. They take it real far. They take it real far. And I'm not going to get into that, actually. Like, I feel like that's a, a good spoiler. I, I did get, going into the movie, I saw it in theaters. And I got the tip from my neighbors who came with us. Um, and they were like, we heard there's a twist ending and that it's really crazy. And I was like, twist ending for this movie? What? And so I did know that going in. And so when the twist ending came, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's a twist. But like, I'm cool with it. It's it represents a lot. It like that twist ending. The idea of uh, using the concept of a workhorse to meld into a movie about capitalism. You said you weren't going to spoil anything. I didn't I, I didn't spoil what it is. It's an idea. All right. I'm just I'm keeping you in check. And uh how that idea is woven into the story is completely not going to be talked about, but I think it's a really cool thing. I think this movie is saying a lot about society and I guess I really I I believe in in the message of the story and I laughed a lot and I had a lot of fun and I also felt like I learned. I didn't even care that the ADR wasn't perfect. It didn't need to be. It was funnier with it being slightly out of sync sometimes. I'm not even worried at all about the ADR. So to, this, wow. is number, this is number 43 on my list. Wow, that low. Look, the first, the ideas that we get from the, from what you said are excellent, and I love the first half of this movie. When we get to Army Hammer's house, I am gone. Like, it is such a 180. I don't think so. I think it's like this weird world of craziness. It's like you want to you wanna join the upper iconoclast, you have to... This is how it is. This is how they bring you up. This is what happens when you step into the mouth of the dragon. I just could not get there. I wanted so badly. And I know you gave me shit because I told you that I did a back-to-back Black Klansman into this movie. And you gave me shit for it. 
Yeah, you, you never, you right. shouldn't do that. You might be because right. there are such different movies, you have to be in a whole different headspace. This is a piece of art. Black Klansman is a movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're very different. This is experimental. This isn't set in the real world. And it's not trying to be real. But Black Klansman is rooted in our reality. And Blake liked it better, too. Just, like, I... I I didn't expect it would make your top 10, but I figured it would be a lot closer. But if you're a little bit more avant-garde and you want to explore the depths of where we could go in our imagination, sorry to bother you. That's the name of the movie. Just a reminder. Yeah. She's not telling you that she's sorry to bother you. (laughs) That's the name of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I've Uh, never seen a movie like this. I've never seen a movie in the world like this at all it's not perfect that is true but it is is true so ambitious you know what this movie reminded me a little bit of was that that killer mermaid musical movie that we saw the couple years ago no like no level of weird it is that level of weird weird. yeah 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 but it's a that movie wasn't saying anything about you know, society and, and the world and how we should behave and what does humanity mean and when do you give up your humanity and can you ever really join the elite if you are black? I will see what he, what he does next. I just didn't, I wasn't blown away the way you were. And there was a lot of movies that I saw this year that like you said some things about that I really liked. I want I want the world to understand that you and I are getting closer as far as our taste. We're not getting further, but this was one that like I drew a line in the sand and was like, no, I can't get on board with you. Oh, it breaks my heart because I mean, it's my number one movie of the year. It's my number one. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, where'd Paddington 2 land for you? I mean, it's probably number 40. Yeah, it's probably around. No, no, no. Not around number 40. It's uh, in my 20s, I think. Okay. All right. Let me, I'm, I'm going to count one sec. 31. 31. Outside of the top 38, 25. 39, 40. Oh, fuck. You're still counting. 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46. 47? No, it's got to be above. Oh, sorry, 40, 43. And let me guess, it's below the commuter. Yeah, it, it, yep. <laughs> it is below the commuter. All right, so we'll just, we'll just be a reminder. <laughs> I mean, but not that far below, but you're right, it you're right. 40 what now? I think I think that that's that's it. You really love we just have a little bit of a different taste here, but I think both of us like I appreciate a lot about Paddington. I just We went through all your movies and literally like I only could not get on board with Sorry to Bother You. I I totally agree with you on Roma. I just think there I like I don't know. And I haven't seen American Animals, but everything else on your list, I'm like right there with you. We're pals. We're holding hands. But sorry to bother you at number one shocks me to my core. I love that movie so much. All right. So now we've got to take our lists. 
and we have to get them down to our own top 10, which is going to take a little bit of time, but don't worry. The magic of editing is going to keep this down. It's a lot to edit. So, the ones we have in common are Eighth Grade, A Quiet Place, Love, Simon, Black Klansman, and that's it. Okay. I have a proposal for you. Black Klansman should be in the number one position because you loved it, I loved it, and we both agree on it. I will put that that in number one. What's Here's your the thing? My number two is Love Simon. Your number two is eighth grade, and we both have them on our list. I'm gonna say I think that eighth grade is better than Love Simon because it's much more surprising and much more intimate of a film than anyone could have ever expected. And it made Alfonso Caron cry. And then I think we should put Love, Simon in the number three position. I feel like that is a good compromise. All right. Um, That means that I think, like, sorry to bother you should just be removed from the list. No. Like entirely, right? Like it should just go away. Uh, Absolutely not. It will be in this top 10. Oh, okay. So, but Paddington two first. Because, I mean, if it's number 48 or whatever on your list, below the commuter, this feels like a good, good, like, apology to this movie. What is in, so, right now, my second and third no, are. sorry to bother you should be here, because that's your number one movie, and that's, I think that needs to be. Yay, and I yeah. will let you put Paddington next. All right, because that's what should be. Now, the next for you would be Vice. Vice. And the next for me is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I want to see. I've heard so many good things. Put Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse in the next position. Okay. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And what number are we at right now? All right. We are at number six. Okay. We have four more movies. This is what are. Okay. Looking at your list right now. What are the ones that you don't want to get rid of? Uh, I, hmm. well, we have one more in common, which is a quiet place. Yeah. Oh, but so I, maybe I, that's the, that's, that's like number nine on your list and it's like number eight on mine. So maybe that should be number 10. Yeah, I think so. I think that makes a which, lot of which sense. Which removes to all the boys I've loved before and Roma from the list. I'm fine with that. Okay. So vice. American Animals. Um, well, we both saw Vice. And we, we both thought Vice was pretty good. I like I, both of those movies I'd like to see in the top 10. What about you? Well, what do you want to see on yours? Because we only have now three more spots. Well, I can, I, I'm. Bumblebee does not have to be on our list. Searching, we both liked. We did, yeah. But what do you, what, what is your heart? You know, like ask yourself that Marie Kondo question. What sparks joy when you look at your list from what's remaining? I think Mission Impossible Fallout. What well, sparks joy on yours? American Animals. What about Tag and the Favorite? I love them, but you know, like if I could only put one into the top 10 from this, it's American Animals. 
Okay. And that's a little bit higher on your list. So we have one more spot to fill. So I also have another proposal. I would like to suggest that um, A Quiet Place be moved from the number 10 position to the number 9 position and Mission Impossible to be number 10. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Because I think that it was such an achievement and Mission Impossible for everything that it is, it deserves to be on this list, but maybe below that. Yeah, I think you're right. So. All right, we got a list. All right, so let's count this down. Number 10, Mission Impossible Fallout. Number nine, A Quiet Place. Number eight, American Animals. Number seven, Vice. Number six, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Number five is Paddington 2. Number four, Sorry to Bother You. Number three, Love, Simon. Number two, Eighth Grade. And the number one movie of 2018, which will surely get neglected at the Oscars, is Black Klansmen. Oh my gosh, what a great list. This was some great movies that came out this year. There was very minimal fighting on our front until you yeah. pulled out your top one top and one and Paddington. Minimal. Yeah, we did and not Paddington. bad. Yeah. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. So what's at the bottom of your list? Oh boy. Do not say Paddington two. No, I know no, it's no. Like 43. It's That's nowhere like near. I've, I've seen three quarters of the way through your list. At least over 60 movies this year, almost 70. I think maybe by now, uh, the really? clapper, the clapper is the worst movie of the year. Don't watch it. Don't ever watch it. Maybe this is why I hate Ed Helms. It's the worst movie. I've never seen anything so bad. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I I had fifty seven movies this year. Uh, mm. The wor- my worst of I the year was you. the Open House on Netflix with with our boy. Um, that was like name? somewhere in the middle. It was not the worst thing I've ever with seen. Dylan Minnette. But you know how I feel. Like, I won't watch a bad movie. Like, I won't, like, if a movie is absolute dog shit online, I'm like, I'm not wasting my time. Um, Another really big dud. I watched it. It was black and white. And it was one of those, like, artsy indie films. Um, Infinity Baby with Kieran Culkin. Ugh. Not, not good. Didn't you know what like is it. the number 55 of 57 on my list? What? Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Didn't even bother. If it's dog shit. Unless it's like people are saying it's a good blockbuster, I don't watch blockbusters. 53 is the commuter. That's like middle of the road. I enjoyed it. It held my attention. The commuter had the best opening. Yeah. It, it was did. like good opening. Such a good opening that I really, really loved, and I really was like, I'm in. And then it just kind of became generic and quick action and like blurry action so that you couldn't really see what the fuck's going on. But I know that you love movies that don't showcase too much action. And this is one of those movies. It is. That makes sense. What are your honorable mentions? Movies that didn't make your top 10, but you would like tell people go watch this movie. I have been telling people to watch Upgrade, which is number uh on my list, it's number 12, but on like more of the movies list without documentaries will be number 11. Nice. Uh, okay. So Upgrade is great. It's a story about a guy. It's a revenge story. Um, 
I want to see that he, one, actually. I haven't seen it yet. It's a sci-fi flick where he gets an implant in his neck, and it makes him, like, go crazy martial arts, and it's insane action. Like, ridiculous. Summer of 84 I watched three days ago, finally. What a flick. Tagline, every serial killer has a neighbor. Yeah. I, I think I put it on, but I was doing something else and really didn't pay attention. And then I couldn't even count myself as having watched it. Is it good? Oh, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And then the ending really came together. Like it it made it almost like the movie was almost, it wasn't comedic, but it was dark and it was like light. And then the ending made it really horror. Oh, wow. I, I was just like, holy shit. Okay. Uh, game night. Yeah. Game night was really good. For me, um, Bandersnatch, just because I've never seen anything like it with like choose your own adventure. And it's really fun talking to people and be asking like, what ending did you get? Did you make this choice or that choice? Wait a minute. As somebody who did not watch Black Mirror, this Bandersnatch is a choose your own adventure movie special. Yeah, it's a it's a full on feature film that is choose your own adventure. In fact, they're being sued by the choose your own adventure people. Um, really? And it's so cool. Cause like sometimes you're making little choices, but you don't really know how they're going to affect the rest of the movie. So sometimes you're choosing your own soundtrack and you're choosing what are you eating for breakfast? That is also product placement. It's just cool. It's not the best movie I've ever seen. Um, and there are limitations, even though I've seen no one actually complain about this. You know what? We should just watch it. We should watch it as a future episode, and we'll get into the details. It's really cool. You just got to see it. You don't need to watch Black Mirror, because every Black Mirror is standalone anyway. Um, also, um, P- Apostle, which is from Netflix, but was really good. It's with Dan Stevens, and it's um, really set in like I don't know the the past, like the the back in the day past, like the Middle Ages, um, and it's about this cult that where they believe in um, the Mother Nature goddess, and it's like set in the time of Christianity, and he goes there to like get his sister out and retrieve her from the cult. Interesting, because Hereditary made a lot of top ten lists this year, and not ours. Mm, yeah, it did not make my top ten list. Although that where is death it? Where scene, did it fall for you? Uh, probably like in the third. 20s 30s in there it was cool that death scene of the little girl with her head that alone is why it's as high as it is um the mule who knew oh yeah i never saw the mule i did not expect to like this movie so much it's literally my number 11 um obviously infinity war and black panther made my list uh a star is born was good Still yeah. made my top 25. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's like the regular, the like the favorite, Green Book, Vice. They all made like the, they made my top 25, just not my top 10. But I was surprised because I just felt like I had to as a Star Wars fan watch this movie before this weekend just to see and what I would say about what Solo. Did, what did you think? It it's better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, not surprised about that. <laughs> no, like, honest to God, it is a fun movie. It's by the numbers, pretty generic. But the cool part about the movie is not, like, 
some of the choices they made were so stupid. But like the Chewbacca Han Han story is kind of nice. Aw, that's kind of cute. Oh, I like it. But it's not as good as Hotel Transylvania 3. I love that you love children's movies. Shut up. You watch every indie film that comes out. How can anybody keep up with like the amount of Netflix stuff that comes out? It's like you've already watched all of it. How many <laughs> movies have you watched in 2019 already? Actually, none. I've only been on 2018 movies still. I don't start watching 2019 till this episode. So what you're telling me is you did not watch the fire documentary? No. Oh, that's going to be... That's that's a, that's one for you. It's not at the top of my list of 2019, but I've already started ranking, and I'm up to six. What? Including the Disney Kim Possible movie. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, that is our list. We want to hear from you. What are your top 10 2018 movies? Please reach out to us. Let us know. Shout out to us on Twitter. So if you'd like to support the show, you can hop on to your podcast service and subscribe. And if you're really feeling generous, why not score a quick rating or review? Our intro song comes from bensound.com, and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and sound effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you, so we built a website on how you can reach us at morethanmovies.net. And in case you hate websites, you can email us, hello at morethanmovies.net. Find us on Facebook, More Than Movies Podcast. Catch either of us on Twitter. I'm at It's Ivana. And I'm at Jester J. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again soon with an all new commercial free episode. And until next time, friends. Do more. Do more. <laughs> do it again. You say the until next time, friends. And until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more. Ha, ha, ha.